Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And in three, two, and one. This week, this, 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 this week, this week, this, 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 this week. This week in Geek. This week in Geek, we talk about the McRib, movies, and manga. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another week in Geek with the This Week in Geek podcast with the geeks this week who are the same geeks every week who are yep. me and Kevin. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't change like ever or very often. I don't know. Occasionally <laughs> we will have a guest, which based on one of the stories that we'll talk about this week, I don't know what's going to happen when I try to get Maddie on for an interview. I don't, we'll, we'll figure it out. It'll happen. I just have to figure out when. It'll probably be in November because also my my playing stuff, but yeah, whatever. Um, Kevin, how you doing? How's your your geeky week been? Oh, uh, it's been busy. Um, so on Monday there was Red Bull Double Agent, which is the um, which was an event hosted in San Jose. Um, I got tickets early, but it was with Ludwig and Mango, um, two really popular streamers, um, and. I was there for the collegiate tournament just to see some of the current NorCal teams play against each other and just to see how it, how it operates. Um, meanwhile, uh, while that was happening, we Mango and Ludwig just happened to walk in and are doing interviews and stuff like that with uh, Red Bull and just getting some media done before the event actually starts up. Um, but yeah, uh, went there, saw the double agent match, which was a... Valorant match. The first one was a best of one, and then they did a best of three series. Um, but the caveat of the double agent part is that uh Mango is uh is associated with Cloud9 and mm. Ludwig owns Moist Moguls X Shopify or MXS. Um Mango can sabotage MXS's gameplay, and Ludwig could sabotage c9's gameplay um and essentially they're playing like this best of three but with like really really weird distractions going on mid-match um and me personally i had a lot of fun like watching it and seeing how it all operated um but yeah it was overall a really solid tournament uh thanks thanks a lot and mango for buying everybody drinks that was fun um what it would go again uh it's overall like essentially like imagine like a scrimmage match, but like there are things that are popping up like mid game that the other captain gets to pick. Um, one of them that was like absolutely funny was, uh, you know, those like captcha things that happen like to test if you're a human. Yeah. If you're not a robot, do this, that or the other. Yeah. Uh, they had a button that when you hit it, it pops up a captcha. And it says which agent needs a buff, right? <laughs> and they have to, they have to click, uh, they have to click seven deadlocks in order to continue moving on and like actually playing the game. <laughs> it 
which is really funny because like Ludwig timed it with a flash. So somebody got flashed and then the capture pops up and he's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like He's trying to clutch up and he's like, I got to click seven different things and hit enter. Um, but yeah, there was that. There was like crouch, drop your weapon, like um, like your entire screen gets whited out, um, turns off the monitors for two seconds. Like, oh God. it's really funny. Um, they have the whole VOD up on YouTube if you guys do want to check it out. Um, honestly, really funny gameplay. Uh, would recommend just taking a peek at the idea. Um, mainly went there to talk to a lot of my Red Bull and Guildhouse like connections just to say, like, hey, I'm still alive. Um, <laughs> if you guys need me for commentary or anything, let me know. Um, resurfacing. Uh, yeah, resurfacing since I've been in Japan and also under a hole and unemployed. So just uh trying to get get the word out that I, I'm I'm available for gigs. So hire me. Um so yeah, that's what that's what I did on Monday. Tuesday, which is technically yesterday, um, I was out in San Francisco because my alma mater was hosting a fleet week event um mm-hmm. out in the city. And essentially we had the Coast Guard the Marines and the Navy um, send over a couple people who just kind of want to play or um, wanted to play some two on two smash. Um, so they were doing smash bros in pairs um, versus like other battalions. And then the winners get to face off um, in like a free for all kind of fight um, just to see who takes home the crown. So, overall a really interesting like matchup overall and uh yeah the marines won the whole thing so uh congrats to them they did really well um and yeah that was that was also another really chill event got to meet a lot of my uh a lot of my esports friends that i either played with on the old overwatch team or coached um so it was good to refresh and hang out with them as well Sounds like it was uh, a, a very good weekend. Yeah, it, not during the week. I did that oh, Monday, Tuesday. Oh, you said Monday. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I'm thinking like, uh, oh wow, he crammed it all into a weekend. Yeah, I, I wish it was on the weekend. That was it was just so awkward. I was like, I don't know if I actually did anything crazy over the weekend. Like the weekend itself, it might have been just like something small. Uh, yeah, the weekend. Yeah, I stayed home and I shot a couple TikToks. That's all I did that weekend. <laughs> nice. And then, you know, Monday, Tuesday was like my actual event days. Um, so, yeah, there was just a lot going on. Uh, what about you, Matt? How's, how's everything going on your end? Everything's okay. I didn't do much this weekend. I saw a couple of plays. Um, I did an interview with one of the producers of the, of the Loki show on Disney+. Plus. So that's up now on the... Um, the geeks of color website it was a very quick five minute interview but like honestly like the waiting for the interview took the longest part because i'm supposed to clock in at like 3 55 just to be ready and they're like oh we'll be with you shortly and like a half hour later we'll be with you shortly we'll be with you shortly. And it's like god dang it i've been here for how long now please be with me even shortly or um but yeah that was fun and then it's just been rehearsals and work for me hooray all right, let's get into the news of the week. Um, Kevin, what do you think of the McRib? Uh, I I would like it. I just I'm not a fan of pickles. Uh, <laughs> but if if I didn't have to scrape that shit off, I I would I would probably eat it more often. 
Okay. I do enjoy pickles though. It's just me. I, I like them. I think they're fine. Um, but apparently like the, the McRib was not supposed to be coming back. Last year was quote unquote, according to McDonald's, the uh the farewell tour of the McRib. It's not. It's coming back to America. Um uh, apparently in other countries they have the McRib year round. Like there's a, a comment I'm seeing right now. In Germany, we have McRib the whole year. Another commenter and good McBeers too. And apparently, yes, in Germany, you can get beer at McDonald's, but it's Germany. I, I would expect no less from them. Um, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, the McRib is coming back to the, the Murica. Um, it's only going to be, as far as I understand from what I've read, it's only going to be in select stores. It's not really going to be a nationwide thing, although they might expand it. Um, but yeah, it's coming back on November 15th. So if you if you like the reconstituted pork meat into a, a vaguely ribby shape even though there's no bones in it yeah you, you can do that hopefully starting november 15th i know my dad really likes the mcrib um so he, he'll be happy you know what else is coming back kevin uh i have no idea well the, uh, halloween halloween <laughs> yes that but that comes back every year so we don't really have we we have to respect that and shout it out but it's like <laughs> we, we expect that we like that that's some that's a constant um but the uh the thing that is coming back is toys r us oh yeah i mean it went out of business and sadly the founder of toys r us died before like right before they announced that they'd be coming back so just a, a little a little bittersweet. I wish he could have seen that his company was still around. Um, but yeah, no, Toys R Us is coming back. They're going to have 24 new stores located around the country. Um, they've been starting, like, bef even before this, they were opening up smaller, like, either inside bigger department store locations or just in specific areas, like the American Dream Mall in New Jersey had a another a store pop up there that was like their flagship for their new um revitalization of the company but yeah they're going to have 24 brick and mortar stores around the country and they're also going to have um stores in airports and on cruise ships which does not make sense to me like uh yeah I feel like that kid either that's either like a very smart idea because it's like you want to keep your kids occupied at the airport or a terrible idea because everyone's going to hate you for selling like really annoying toys to children right about to right as they're about to get on a plane and then everyone has to deal with it. Um, and also like on a cruise ship, really? Really? Kids forgot to bring their toys on the cruise ship. <sighs> I've never been on a cruise ship. I've never been on a cruise, so I, I don't really know how they work. All I know is that it's like a haven for germs and people getting sick. But anyway, um, it's part of their quote unquote air, land and sea expansion for the company. The first airport store is going to be opening in November in Terminal A of the Dallas Fort Worth International Airport, which, according to uh, NBC4 News, is the world's second busiest airport. So if you are in Dallas, Fort Worth, you can buy toys while waiting. I wonder if they'll bring back Bionicles, which I know that that's Lego, the separate, but like I very distinctly as a child remember going to Toys R Us to pick up Bionicles all the time. Um, 
but apparently uh Toys R Us still brings in about two billion dollars of global retail sales annually, according to their parent company. So I hope just because I have the nostalgia for it, I do hope that uh Toys R Us can survive. I hope that this rebranding will be good for them, but we will see if if we start seeing Toys R Us's pop up everywhere. Do you have any fond memories of Toys R Us, Kevin? Toys R Us, I remember being the place where I or my dad uh got me my GameCube. Ooh. Uh that that is what I remember of Toys R Us. Um but yeah, I the, the Toys R Us is like always like a go like a like a go to like childhood like staple. Mm-hmm. Um I understand that like it, it went bankrupt and I saw it like living in like Macy's for a long yeah. for like a long yeah. time. And then I'm like, okay, well, they're keeping they're keeping it alive somehow, I guess. And uh I guess if they have enough to like get a storefront again, that's that's pretty cool. Um Yeah, oh we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh hopefully that hopefully a lot of kids can like go and pick up whatever they need and same thing with like i guess us adults now who kind of have money uh (laughs) we we want our toys too (laughs) i was about to ask you like if you see one of these as you're driving by you stopping in i think so i think i think if if there's a toys r us like if i get somehow like yoinked over to fort worth (laughs) and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm gonna go into the Toys R Us. I'm gonna do it. Like, I'm gonna go take a look at what's going on. Uh, I might not buy anything unless there's like something brand new in there. But, mm. uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there's only 24 of them that are gonna be like outside of airports and whatever. So, it's like you have a little less than a, like a one like a. 50% chance of seeing one in your state and even then you have to go like be in the city where it is but if I see one I- I'm I'm going in I'm probably going to spend too much money because disposable income but <laughs> oops mm-hmm. I'm an adult I swear um, okay this is a really really weird next story Kevin but um, and I didn't mean you can see it on the sheet but if you could stay in a swamp, would you? Whose swamp? Shrek's swamp. Is Donkey there? Yes, actually, Donkey is there. I'll uh, yeah, I'll consider it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like this is this is not technically like based on based on the fact that we're talking about it this isn't a theoretical and the way we're talking about it, this is not a theoretical um but uh if you are a fan of airbnb which airbnb has its issues and and yeah but if you are a fan of bnb starting october 13 at 1 p.m eastern time you can request to stay at shrek's swamp a a recreation excuse me, of Shrek Swamp in the Scottish Highlands, where lucky renters can spend two nights in the home. Currently, the booking dates are only from October 27 to 29 for one two-night stay for up to three guests. It's not going to cost anything to do that because it's a promotion, but you have to, like, 
No, Airbnb is going to make a donation to the Hopscotch Children's Charity, but also you have to like get to Scotland and to the place on your own. You have to take care of your own travel. It's not a contest. It's just I think I, I think you have to be very quick to request it. I don't I don't know specifically. I'm not an Airbnb user, and just based on the timing window, I don't think I can request that time off or pay for the airfare. So as much as I'd love to do this, I can't. Um, and and about the donkey thing yes the, the the theme of this is that donkey's hosting while shrek is away and there will be waffles apparently so okay i would absolutely love to do this it looks like really fun and really quaint um and also shrek is love shrek is life but i i, I don't have this is a little too soon for me to to be a part of that. yeah I don't, I don't have that kind of money but shrek swamp is kind of a cool location i mean mm-hmm. if if you're a really big shrek fan you have to stay in it for two nights right that's the thing yeah it's a, it's a two night stay for up to three people okay does it have wi-fi <laughs> i hope so i mean i'm like honestly like it's a cool recreation and it's be fun to like look and see all the details but like you're there for two days there's only so much like easter egg hunting you can do there's mm-hmm. only so many times you can go inside shrek's outhouse yeah um all right so let's move on um kevin we did the uh we did the ign 50 or 100 best tv shows last week yes yes now the hollywood reporter has also released their list of the 50 best TV shows of the 21st century so far. And I'm going to go through the first 40 and then I'll have you guess what you think the net, the top 10 are. And just, you don't have to put them in order. Um, okay. What you think the best top 10 are, but here are the parameters for this. This was a list compiled by three of the critics, I believe at, yeah, by Daniel Feinberg, Angie Han and Robin Barr from the Hollywood reporter it was released today, October 4th that we're recording. Um, so their parameters are basically that the show had to have episodes airing after December 31st, 1999, um, even though, even if the show had premiered before that. So, for example, like um, the, the example that they give is The Sopranos was eligible, but only for the five seasons that aired beginning in 2000. Any, any season before that, you can't use. But as long as that you are... Um, as long as you're starting from new year of 2000 on and you have episodes going, you are eligible for consideration. Um, they decided also that the, because there is so much TV internationally and THR of course is an American outlet mainly. And that there really hasn't been a lot of representation until very recently for international television that they would keep it strictly to English language television. Um, so yeah, here. So starting off here are the, um, the honorable mentions who are not part of it. America to me, arrested development, Bob's burgers, the good wife, great British bake off, happy Valley, Harley Quinn. It's a sin justified the United States version of the office, which I don't get how that's not in there. Sense eight, okay. Somebody somewhere, this country up and Watchmen. All right, so those were not considered top fifty, but were honorable mentions. Now, okay, 
Here we're going from 50 on downwards up to the last 10. 50, Sex in the City. 49, Avatar The Last Airbender. 48, Southside. 47, Vita. 46, The Underground Railroad. 45, The Crown. 44, The Leftovers. 43, Anthony Bourdain, Parts Unknown. 42, Station Eleven. 41, Beef. 40, Insecure. 39, The Deuce. 38, Band of Brothers. 37, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. 36, The Shield. 35, Chernobyl. 34, Jane the Virgin. 33, Orange is the New Black. 32, Veep. 31, Fleabag. 30, Game of Thrones. 29, Broad City. 50, How To with John Wilson. Uh, 27, Parks and Recreation. 26, Battlestar Galactica. 25, Review. 24, I May Destroy You. 23, Survivor. 22, Better Things. 21, Deadwood. 20, Peep Show. 19, Rectify. 18, Friday Night Lights. 17, Halt and Catch Fire. 16, Breaking Bad. 15, Atlanta. 14, Enlightened. 13, 30 for 30. 12, The Americans. And 11, The Daily Show. I didn't know. There's so many of these that I didn't know or like so many that I don't think were in the right spot or deserve to be in this list or some that deserve to be higher or lower. Um, mm-hmm. I think I agree with the IGN list a little bit more here. Um, but that's, of course, they had 100 instead of 50. Yeah. Um, and even then, their list was like, I think, of, of all time. And this was just the 21st century list. And eh, I, okay, I don't know yeah. how I feel about some of this. So, Kevin, you're guessing in no particular order what you think the top 10 best TV shows of the 21st century so far are. Okay. Best. It has to come out after. Like after 2000 is as like long the number, as it right? has any episodes after the year 2000 or beginning in the as long after January 1, 2000. It's okay. 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 Um, I, I I don't want to put it here, but Family Guy. Okay. Uh, I'll put that up there. Uh, what else wasn't mentioned? You said Breaking Bad was like Breaking already. Breaking Bad was, I think, six, 16, I want to say. Okay. Let me scroll up while you're, while you're guessing. I believe it's 16. Um, Okay. Yeah, there, there's a lot of like variety in terms of the shows that were given. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I'm trying to like figure out like what, what is like there, like what constitutes like, yeah, like what are the criteria to make it on the list? It's the, the, I don't think they really tell us besides the, these, these are just it, what they as the Hollywood Reporter critics think is a good show. 
okay. I think it. The yeah, the wire wasn't mentioned yet, right? No, the so, wire okay, was not mentioned. Okay, I will. I will take the wire because they were number one on the other list. Yep, and so I think that they'll, the they'll, they'll make it here. Uh, Family Guy, The Wire. Let's see who, what, who, or what else? I'm surprised The Office isn't on there. I'm surprised. I can't yeah, believe that one. Yeah, I think yeah, Friends was before this. Um, but like, I don't. I don't think it wrapped up the season. Hmm. Like well enough to constitute the whole thing to be in here. So, um, let me see. It's just like there's a ton of shows. Game shows don't count, right? They they they're could. not like. I mean, survival. They could. Okay, yeah. Sur- is is a, you think Big Brother is on here? Like Big Brother, I think could also make that break that list just because okay. of sheer numbers and like legacy. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, three. What else would I put up there? I'm trying to think of like other ones that have like been big or like people talk about that I clearly don't watch. Um, <laughs> your your boy is stuck in the in the anime realm, so uh, I'm trying to think of like animated shows that could possibly like break this. Um, my brain is just like defaulting to like. Adult swim shows and stuff like that. My brain instantly went to like Eric Andre, and I'm like, yeah, that's not a top. There's no way they put that in the top 10. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of like sheer, like, I guess, yeah, there it's just, it's just hard because like there's no real criteria. Yeah. There's, they just kind of, the, the criteria is we think this show is good. That's literally it. We think show good and it's after 2000. After 2000. Okay. Um, geez. And that's a, that's a lot of lots of other shows. You want me to just tell you? <laughs> yeah, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. losing it. <laughs> this is, I don't particularly like this list, but I think I just wanted to, I bring it up as a contrast to what we talked about last week. Yeah. It's very, that's very different. Bojack Horseman is 10. Whoa, okay. Nine is Freaks and Geeks. Okay. Eight is Girls. Seven okay. is Better Call Saul. I know the girls one surprised me because like no one likes Lena Dunham. And Better Call Saul did better than Breaking Bad. Somehow. Okay. Reservation Dogs is six, which I've only seen season one, but I I can kind of see this one. The Wire is number five. Okay. So it, at least that part was kind of consistent that it was. It's in there. there. 30 Rock was four. Succession was three. The Sopranos was number two. Okay. And you're, you'll never get number one, Kevin. And I don't understand this either. I love this show, but it's not number one worthy. Mad Men. Okay. I don't agree with that at all. Yeah, there, there's a... I, I, yeah, I don't know if I could place this confidently at a number one 
It it is a interesting like I agree it's pick. top 50 worthy but not yeah. number 1 worthy. No uh, family guy. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I mean Family Guy was a cultural cultural show. Yeah, exactly. You can't go but, anywhere you can't go anywhere on TikTok without like seeing at oh, least one one family guy. <laughs> so many of them also have like the uh, the games ads underneath so annoying so annoying subway surfers yep always it's subway surfers or like subway surfers and some person like cutting soap and then it's the soap cutting videos (laughs) my god (laughs) (sighs) well anyway that is the that's the list for there um moving on to the next tv related thing tv movies related thing um I'll move around, look out of the uh, the list here. But oh, see another one that didn't get mentioned, Kevin. SpongeBob SquarePants, which is getting renewed for its fifteenth season after twenty five years. It's still going strong. SpongeBob is is very much somehow still alive. Yeah, you would think that that but SpongeBob good recently. Yeah, maybe maybe not recently, but like it definitely came out with episodes after two thousand and. Mm-hmm. Like, did it start? Wait, when? When it did... started? Nineteen ninety nine, July nineteen ninety nine. Okay, so probably go to season one. Just couldn't count. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that. I mean it was season one was so good. Yeah. Um. There's currently three hundred forty five episodes total of SpongeBob. Um. Twenty six episodes are going to be in the next season that will quote uncover even bigger nautical adventures, including SpongeBob thinking he has developed an allergy to Krabby Patties and Plankton learning self defense from Sandy. So, SpongeBob is the most watched animated series for twenty one consecutive years. Um. I don't know if that is just on Nickelodeon or just in general as the most watched animated series, but. It has that distinction, so of course they're going to renew it. Um, it's still bringing in tons of money, um, maybe not tons of quality, but tons of money. So, um, I'm surprised SpongeBob SquarePants was not on that list. Um, you know what else surprises me, Kevin? Hmm. Okay. Do you know how long it has been since the Ocean Gate, uh, submersible Titanic? whatever titan submersible oh but so oh my god wait <laughs> you know how long it's been i bet it's like oh geez okay wait, wait, wait. we're in october okay beginning of october yes beginning of october i oh god was it <laughs> man is it bad that we don't know is it was it like Six months ago or something? Was it, was it like three months ago? Oh my god. Like the end <laughs> the very end of June 2023. Like they confirmed the submersible had imploded on June 22nd. Two weeks later, they told us that there was going to be a, a docu-series about what was happening, which felt very much way too soon. But the surprising thing that I'm talking about is there's going to be a movie about it from the same company. Mind Riot Entertainment that they're developing a movie called Salvaged. It's not though. <laughs> it's still down there. <laughs> so the movie called Salvaged is a narrative feature that will explore segments of the time before the submersible's deployment 
during the search for the vessel and after the Titan's wreckage is uncovered, according to the one of the producers, um, or no, the, the, the founder of Mind Riot, John Kesey, our film will not only honor all those involved in the submersible tragedy and their families, but will serve as a vessel that will also address a more macro concern about the nature of media today. The Titan tragedy is yet another example of a misinformed and quick-to-pounce system, in this case, our non-stop 24-7 media cycle that convicts and ruins the lives of so many people without any due process. I don't think we need a movie about this, honestly. I think they're just... It's just I think- the spectacle of it. They're also taking advantage of that. That same thing that they said that they're trying to highlight, they are taking advantage of it too. So it feels a bit disingenuous and also unnecessary. And like, I I don't think I will be watching this. Yeah, I think it's like, it's kind of like a cash grab right now where oh, they're absolutely. just like, just it it hasn't even been a year like i i thought it i thought it was at least like six months but like if it was three months ago that's even that's even worse it's like if something exploded that was like huge and then they just they were just like yeah let's make a movie about it like three months later that's not how that works it feels so so soon for this yeah I don't know. I, I, it feels so, like you said, cash grab. It's exploitative. I don't know if anyone wants to see this. If, if anything, like people are still like making fun of the people on the vessel. I don't think we need to like lionize them. I don't think we really care why and how it exploded. I think we all, like the most of us, seeing that it was controlled by a, a, a Logitech controller, knew it was a bad idea knew it wasn't going to ha- be be safe and yet they all these folks went in there anyway so nautical nonsense be something you wish they're in bikini bottom now <laughs> i swear if if the new season of spongebob has a submersible i'm gonna f- lose it well i mean they do <laughs> have there is an episode with the sub and it's like imploding but like somehow their mystery meat saves them because it plugs up all the cracks. It's one of the last scenes of SpongeBob I watched. Okay, so moving on to the strike stuff that's happening right now, the WGA Writers Guild of America has finally come to a deal with the the studios and the production companies. Um, They didn't get everything they wanted, but I think they got a lot of what they did want. Um, For example, they got a lot of, I think, headway with... AI. So a summary of what the things that they've won through this um, MBA, which is a minimum business agreement, I think. Yeah, no, minimum basic agreement, an MBA, not a master's of business arts. Um, the, the MBA stipulates that AI can't write or rewrite literary material and AI generated material will not be considered source material, meaning that things that are generated by AI can't be used to undermine a writer's credit or separated rights. Writers can choose to use AI when performing writing services if the company that they're working for consents and provided that the writer follows applicable company policies, but the company can't require a writer to use AI if they don't want to. Um, Companies have to disclose if writers are uh, to the writer, if any materials given to the writer have been generated by AI or incorporated AI generated material. 
And the Writers Guild of America reserves the right to assert that exploitation of writers' material to train AI is prohibited by the minimum business agreement or other law. So if 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 whatever production company comes to them and um, uses their material to train AI, they can take them back to court or to renegotiate everything. Um, yeah, it allows them to take the these companies to court. So they've done a lot of of wins and gains through AI. So writers at this point, I feel like, are pretty well protected. Um, they've made some headway in in staffing writers' rooms. They're given uh, writers' room minimums, which I think it, it it requires a certain number of writers to be in the room at all times um, for for staffing. Um, they increases their minimum salary, uh, all these other benefits that they get as well. Um, they did not get residuals for streaming, but they did get viewership-based streaming bonuses based on the streaming numbers during the first 90 days of release, um, among other things. So yeah, that's the, the Writers Guild has won a lot. Um, they're not quite back to work yet, but they have voted to end the strike and accept these terms of agreement. Um, however, as this strike is ending, another strike is beginning. Um, SAG after the Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television Radio or some I forget what after stands for, but it's radio, film, television, everything, video games at this point too. Except that SAG AFTRA has um decided that they are going to be extending their strike to video game companies um of the 34,687 ballots cast representing about 27% of SAG-AFTRA's eligible voters about 98.32% of them voted to strike against the top 10 video game companies um the specific companies that in question here are Activision Blind Light, Disney Character Voices, Electronic Arts, Epic Games, Formosa Interactive, Insomniac Games, Take-Two, VoiceWorks, and WB Games. A lot of this is surrounding um, the use of AI. Um, let me see what else here. Where's the rest of it? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of this is around AI. A lot of this is also about like finances, finances, and and paying actors. They're calling for an eleven percent wage increase, on-site medics for hazardous performance capture, and protections against the use of generative AI to replace working actors. Um, this would this is the first time that video game actors have had a strike since twenty sixteen, which lasted about a year. Um. The, the talks are resuming with the studios. They're still, they haven't been able to reach a deal, but apparently talks are still in place. It's not like how with, with the other production companies for television and film, they kind of refuse to come to the table. But hopefully with the writer strike coming, that has come to the end, these actor strikes can also find a quick negotiation and end soon. And then the last thing for me is um, this is kind of sad and it's not official official, 
but the writing is pretty much on the wall. Um, the Overwatch League Championships happened this past weekend. The Florida Mayhem won the entire thing. Good for Florida. Um, but it seems like this is the end of the Overwatch League, at least as we know it. Um, on social media, the Overwatch League posted... With the completion of the 2023 Overwatch League season, we will be focusing on building our vision of a revitalized esports program. We're eager to share with you more as details are finalized. Additionally, I didn't watch the broadcast, but according to all of the people who did who were posting on social media, the the comments, the like closing ceremonies, everything from Zoe and Jake and all of the 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 staff very much felt like they were saying goodbye and like gave clues that this was the end if you looked on the social media a lot of the teams and players were were posting things like saying thank you for all the memories thank you for the last six years and it's like it's very much hinting that these teams expect that the league is over for now Um, as we've stated before in our coverage of the league it doesn't make money at this point the the hope was for the homestands to establish a way for the investors to make more money back with people buying tickets, buying merch, buying food at these venues, et cetera, et cetera. COVID stopped all that. Unfortunately, I was really looking forward to it. I had bought my season tickets to the uh, LA Valiance games um, and I got refunded, thankfully. But yeah, it, it seems like this is the end of the Overwatch League as we know it. I don't under, I don't know what they mean by a revitalized esports program since they're ending this now i can't see how they bring it back because they already had some stuff in place and like they did try they tried to keep it going like the 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 hawaii stuff i think was a a very earnest and good attempt in their part to to try to make things as close to normal as we could during the COVID season and, and to bring back some excitement to the league but I don't know. I I feel like they didn't do enough during COVID to make the Overwatch League as dynamic and as exciting as they could be. And like, I think a lot of us, as you've mentioned before, when we were the Believe in Overwatch League podcast is if you've been with us for a long time, you know, we started as an Overwatch League podcast. I think the goats killed. We were stuck in goats for so long. They didn't do enough to revitalize and, and keep the meta fun and dynamic that so many people just lost interest yeah i totally agree because like even though i was on a pro team and like our best season was goat um when it came to like the actual game itself the fact that there was a lack of response coming from the devs um like goats lasted for like somewhere around like four to six months and that is a long time to not have any adjustments or changes to Mm -hmm. a game like that um and yeah that ate up so much of of like the competitive play and it's the same thing that's happening where you just see the same stuff over and over again and if you're not a coordinated team you don't play and then when you play other like random matches you end up seeing this goats comp and just run the same thing over and over again you get funneled into brig and then you just cry about it um (laughs) but uh the the truth of it is the fact that like 
I feel like it's been like a bit of the the Overwatch League not doing well is a reflection of the game itself and everything that's like surrounding Overwatch not doing well. Mm-hmm. Um whether it was like devs devs not responding the whole well, the whole blizzard accusation things that were going around and then yeah. the the switch from Overwatch 1 to Overwatch 2 and all the dramatic changes and the formatting of how the game operates it's it was like overwhelming which if you did not have a team already that's like bringing you back in every single week and like you're kind of like enjoying the game for for the fact that it's still Overwatch and it's still like you know a team game in that sense you just fall off it's not the same game that you that initially brought you in with Overwatch 1 and Overwatch 2 has a whole bunch of different rules and like different formatting, um, you know, five on five versus six on six. And all that is like just too much for like us as old boomer gamers. Um, I, I'm not saying that the entire game is dead. If anything, I think that this just forces a retreat back to um, a more, how can I say it, a, a more grassroots scene where when you do have teams are like working together and you'll see like you'll see overwatch tournaments still They're, they'll still yeah. happen it's just a matter of like um if you find teams that are willing to take it seriously enough and or if they plan on rebooting the league uh what changes will they make so that you know it stays viable um mm-hmm. aka just stay on twitch um i just <laughs> felt like that helped a lot um but yeah, it's just a it's just a lot of like th- there was too much of a shift and not a lot of people were on board. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just it's just gonna be really interesting to see where Overwatch goes from here. Uh not just the league itself, but also like the game. Um we'll be keeping tabs on all that because uh we we've seen what they have to do. I mean, once we saw Overwatch hit Steam, we're like, okay, like <laughs> They can't even go through like Battle.net as much anymore. Um, it just starts getting a little weird. Yeah. Um, last three things for me, Kevin, before we move on to your stuff. What was your favorite thing about Overwatch League? What was your least favorite thing? And what do you think, with them saying that they're looking for a revitalized program, what do you think that means, if there is even going to be one? Or do you not think that there's going to be one? Um, how, how would I want this? Um, I do feel like they have to, they have to do something on Overwatch side first. Like the dev team has to find a way to make Overwatch exciting again, not only for players who have stuck around, but like to bring older players back in, um, whether it is like, Hey, like even like the fact that they scrapped like PVE was one thing but also to do like to take away pve and then that also means the death of the original six on six i felt like that those are like two things that are just like that's like unrecoverable right Mm -hmm. um if they are gonna like revitalize the league um one i feel like this is just better for investors in general um it is okay to not do like it's okay to not do 
uh, city-based teams. I'm okay with you guys being Cloud9, with being NRG, with being Team Liquid, so on and so forth. But to keep it local, have events or like midway tournaments that are in specific regions. Um, that way you can not only excite people when there are like midseason tournaments, um, but you could also like draw in a crowd in certain spots. So for example, like if they are still keeping like the APAC like teams, like there there's clearly gonna be like Gen G and like teams that are from Korea who want to participate in Overwatch. Um, you'll have those kinds of teams having like one international like game in like somewhere in Southeast Asia, right? Um, you'll do the same thing in Europe and you'll do the same thing in NA, um, NA and South America too. Um, you just start having these like little tournaments here and there and then just have like either a mid-season or like a grand finals where like the top two from each region come together in like a big spot and you can shift that over wherever you want um, and then just have like kind of reformat it in a way where it brings the world together again um but it is kind of like a bigger stage for the league you know um i feel like just rebranding and letting the team let the teams be the teams that, that like they don't have to be like the sf shock or the houston outlaws uh. they can they can represent the company that actually is their namesake um i felt like everything overall was pretty good um i personally was still a big fan of season one i thought you know allowing fans to just buy tickets day of and go see an overwatch league match would be sick um, oh, yeah that was the best yeah like that it it was a home for overwatch and i felt like that was a really nice touch like even if teams from other places couldn't really participate in like their home region i felt like it's still a great place to see games. Um, but overall, I think if they do a restructuring, they also have to win the fans back through de like development. Um, it's got to be something big enough to not only say like, oh, Overwatch League is back. What are they going to change to bring the players back? Um, I know that at least for me as a commentator, I'd like the best part of Overwatch League was like, having like understanding that people now understand that this is like kind of a big business mm -hmm. um, and that commentary is essential for games like this. Um, without that, there's no like you could watch somebody play a game, but without like their the deeper understanding of like having fun with it and having, you know, two commentators go back and forth with it. Um, you realize how important like even a little bit of that background noise is um, to create a great atmosphere and especially to create like epic moments you know yeah um, so that that's what i liked about overwatch league i know it brought us together obviously uh through through this whole podcasting experience so yeah uh, still still grateful for that and um i hope honestly i wish that overwatch somehow finds a way to bring people back in um whether it's like it doesn't need to be like a rebrand uh it could be just like better events or something to bring back the old crowd and then promise us that the league will be a better like it could be completely redone in a different way to allow a lot more teams to participate you know mm -hmm. i think for me before we move on to your stuff i think my favorite part was 
just that it made me kind of understand esports and how big the scene is and like what it was all about. My least favorite part, I think, was just how samey it could be. And like also some of their 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 staff was not the greatest. Like I hated um Selmer. Not Selmer. Uh, what's his name? Uh August Masonat. I can't remember what his name was. Um but he he said some quite frankly like upsetting things during what his time on in season one. Um I think it was I can't remember. Yeah, I don't I'm not even gonna pretend to remember what his name was. Um, but yeah, he said some awful things. I think Danny was just not it. Danny Lim, you were you were not ever good at your job. You could translate, but that's <laughs> all you were really good for. Um and I think moving forward, I I honestly I think that they've lost their momentum. I don't think we'll see something. They couldn't support contenders. They couldn't support Path to Pro. They couldn't really support college as well as we would have liked them to. So I, I think that this is probably going to be it. I think they might try something, but I don't think it'll last very long because they had the infrastructure in place now. They didn't take advantage of it when like you couldn't go to see actual like traditional sports games and esports was all that there was. You didn't take advantage of that. So what are you going to do now that normal sports are back? So... I will miss the Overwatch League. I will cherish my memories of it. I might just try to buy a, a Houston Outlaws jersey while I still exist for the shits and giggles of it. But yeah, when you when you do buy your jerseys, do you do it? Do you do the custom one with your name on the back? No, I would get a Dante one because I remember because I specifically enjoyed watching them because of Dante. Yeah, that, that's I would fair. customize it to Dante. Yeah. You you probably grab one, yeah. They probably still have that on the internet. Probably, we'll see. I think I gotta check who signed the one that I have because I I was like close to the shock when mm-hmm. uh when they like I, when they first brought over Super and Sinatra, they like when they were like not even eligible for the league, like they mm-hmm. they were signed in, uh, like their home, like their welcome to the bay party like i was at and they had like everybody sign Ooh. like a jersey so yeah i have that one and then i think i have a season two one with like architect and and other people on there so that was also a really cool experience but yeah uh overall i hope that like i don't think i know that overwatch league and overwatch needs to like fix their stuff but i feel like if they learn from this league and apply it to a new game that might be like in the works or something. Um, they could clearly make it into something that uh, they they can learn from their mistakes and have a great league and keep it up. You know, mm-hmm. if that's that's a big if though. It's yeah, that's big a big if. if. All right, Kevin, tell us about the big ifs coming to anime. Well, not big ifs. They're they're realities that are coming to anime. I was trying to do a transition there. It was bad. No, no, no. There (laughs) there were a lot of ifs in the air. Uh, We were talking about last week, uh, the Right Stuff merger with Crunchyroll. Um, Crunchyroll being one of the biggest anime distributors, online streaming services um, that we currently have at the moment. And then we have... Right Stuff Anime, who is one of the most popular like manga suppliers in at least North America. Um, but last year, Crunchyroll bought uh, bought Right Stuff Anime, 
And on the 10th, which is next week, um, they are they're going to absorb Bright Stuff Anime. BrightStuffAnime.com will no longer be a thing. And it's all absorb, their inventory. I think, sell. I think of like sell and boo. My God. Yeah. Yeah. They're not good. They're not like eating them completely, but like that, that do be how it is. Um, But uh, yeah, all their inventory is going to go to Crunchyroll. And we had a really big, like, I, I guess the best way to describe it is an oh shit moment. Cause mm. me as a manga collector, right? stuff is like one of the few places that I go to every single week to check if like there's a deal. Is there anything cool going on? Um, is there anything that's on my list that I want to go ahead and pick up? But with this merger, there were a lot of questions. It's like, okay, so they absorbed their uh, their inventory. Does that mean that they're going to keep the same pricing structure? Are they going to keep the same packaging? Which they, they used to put boxes inside of boxes with tissue paper with more boxes that would be like egg cartons. So like your books don't get damaged in the mail. Um, and they took like really good care of everything. Um, we were... There was a lot of questions going on about that, but um, there's a guy on Twitter or X, I guess, but Twitter um, called uh, Mongo Alerts, and he is usually on the side of the publishers and he's listening on everything. Um, What they heard from Crunchyroll is that they're going to be keeping the pricing and the packaging exactly the same as right stuff. Um, If anything, Crunchyroll is going to be upgrading their previous packaging for their merchandise and a lot of their like figures um to be up to the same standard as right stuff anime at the moment um the other thing that's still up in the air um is the membership fee we don't know if it's going to be tied in with crunchyroll's streaming services or if it's going to be something else um i hope that they like i hope that it somehow like merges it in a way without being too expensive for everybody um but Honestly, if Crunchyroll has like a really cool like membership plan, um, especially for us manga readers, I, w- I would definitely be looking into that. Um, the other thing that they said that they are going to be keeping is the pricing structure. So Right Stuff Anime usually had things um, probably 10 to 15 percent off of retail price or MSRP. Um, even like just on a random off day, they'll just have that. And that's not just like that's not like a sale or anything if they do sales it's going to be like 15 to 65 percent off and mm. it's like it's a lot that they take off for 65 percent like, is huge yeah they they would like slash an entire book down and it's crazy so like for example like i have a lot of the Yu-Gi-Oh omnibuses on my shelf um and originally i, I think they go for like 15 bucks a pop um when i got them during the sale they were like eight bucks each so i was like i'm gonna get wow the entire set i'm gonna make sure that i get it um and it's coming in slowly um so yeah that's something that i'm definitely looking forward to and uh we know that you know uh crunchy roll and right stuff are going to be keeping the pricing and the packaging the same um membership is still up in the air but we'll definitely keep you guys updated. I know that right stuff is one of my go-to spots, so um, we'll definitely have to see how it changes before the tenth. Um, also, if you guys are gonna do a a purchase from right stuff at the very end, make sure to use code thank you no space all capitals. Um, that will get you fifteen percent off of your final purchase um, with right stuff. Um, so there's still like the site is still up, but it's gonna shut down on the tenth. Um, so make sure to go ahead and get your stuff, get your orders through 
uh, while you can. Uh, speaking of Crunchyroll, let's talk about the new anime season that is currently out. Um, there are a couple shows that have been aired already. I know a lot of people are keeping up with um, a lot of the JJK stuff. We're, we're all waiting on Zombie 100 and asking where the production is um, literally week to week. Um, but we can talk about some of the ones that are already out. Um, the one that we were that I was mainly looking forward to was Freeman, which is the uh, Beyond Journey's End. It is it was the one that was supposed to have the two hour long like uh what is it 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 aired two hours worth of footage in day one um in other words if you guys watch it online they dropped four episodes on us on the first week um which for me i'm fine with that if they need to take a hiatus if they need to take a break after that you do that um but i'm greatly enjoying the series i enjoyed the manga a lot and i'm glad that a lot of people are now catching up with it um, and enjoying that as well. Um, the other one that is currently airing on uh, on Crunchyroll is Shangri-La Frontier. That is going to be another one that is under the radar a little bit more. Um, but I love the manga for that. A lot of people are going to fall in love with with the little like bunny mascot when when we get there. That should be the next episode. Um, but SLF uh, Shangri-La Frontier is going to be really big. Um, but I know a lot of people are still waiting on the stuff coming out this weekend um, and that is one thing that at least I'm keeping my eyes out for uh, my mom is keeping an eye out for because Spy Family is coming back um, and that is going to be on Saturday so yeah Saturday the 7th uh, mark your calendar make sure that you have I don't know alerts whatever to wake up your mom sit everybody on the couch watch Spy Family um, the opening is currently out for Spy Family if you guys want to check out um, the new opening sequence for Spy Family. It is on uh, Crunchyroll's YouTube page. Um, so yeah, definitely head over there if you guys are interested in watching, watching that and keeping up to date with uh, all of the all of the new openings and shows and whatnot. Um, another quick announcement: uh, this next week on Sunday and Monday, there's a limited release of Blue Giant. Um, in theaters, if you guys want to go ahead and see a jazz manga movie, um, it is going to be out on the 8th and the 9th. Um, I'm going to try to, I, I just bought my ticket to go ahead and see it. It's going to be in local theaters. Um, so check whichever one is closest to you. Uh, make sure to get a ticket, um, especially if you like jazz. Um, I'll definitely be taking a peek at how it works because it's one of those. Uh, I have the manga. I have two volumes of the manga. It's hard to hear a book clearly, right? Like you can't like hear the jazz coming out of the book, um, unless it's an audio book. Like unless it's an audio book, but it don't it doesn't come with like an audio book. He he's just like dooting on his on his tenor sax, and you see the notes coming out. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool, but like I can't hear it. Um, <laughs> and so I'm glad that you know the movie is coming out. It's gonna give us a really nice like kickoff into how uh blue giant is supposed to sound and the whole vibe of it so i'm I'm excited to go ahead and see this movie um but yeah uh that is what we got so far for the anime season um there is going to be a lot more coming around the corner so keep your eyes peeled if there's anything that you guys want me to check out please let me know um i will definitely at least i'll i'll give most series a three episode rule like kickstart um, so we'll definitely see how it goes, but watch free run, 
uh, Shangri La Frontier and Spy Family this Saturday. Uh, those are going to be all important. All right, uh, let's go ahead and move on into the manga section. Um, yeah, there's only a couple things coming out this week. I mean, there's six of them, but we're going to go over the three big ones. The first one is Witch Hat Atelier 11. I have the second that I got into my hands, I read the whole thing. Um, it is still wonderful. Kawame Shirohama is a is an excellent artist. Um, still playing with paneling and just excellent art in general. Um, Witch Hat 11. Great. Um, if you guys want to see where Chainsaw Man is right now, um, we are on Chainsaw Man book 12. Um, the box that came out at the end of last week. Um, so if you guys have never read Chainsaw Man and you want to read Chainsaw Man, go pick up the books, uh, go pick up the box set. It will have everything in it. It might have some freebies. I'm not 100%. I haven't bought it yet. Um, but Chainsaw Man book 12 is out now. Um, it goes over what is happening um, after the original Chainsaw Man arc. Um, and then the last one is Hunter Hunter. Um, Hunter Hunter is on book 37. Um, so yeah, definitely go ahead and pick that one up. Uh, if you guys are keeping up with Hunter Hunter, uh, that's, a, that's a lot of books. Um, okay. Moving on into next week, the 10th, um, the 10th has a couple of books that we want to go ahead and mention. The first one for me, I'm going to knock out real quick is going to be, uh, Comey volume 27. Comey can't communicate. Love that series. Um, it's just so really good. fun. It's just a cozy show, man. Like, you you just read it. I have all the other 26 on the shelf. I gotta get 27 when it comes out. Um, the next one is Don Da Don, book five. If you guys haven't read Don Da Don, it is made by one of the assistants um, of Chainsaw Man. Um, so the guy who worked under Chainsaw Man made Don Da Don. Imagine the weird stuff that happens in Chainsaw Man, but even funnier than Chainsaw Man. That is what Don Da Donna is. And, and I greatly love it. Um, and they're hinting at some cool stuff happening towards Jump Festa, which is going to be towards the end of the year where all of the Shonen Jump stuff comes out and they announce cool stuff. Um, last but not least, if you guys are keeping up with newer Shonen Jump properties, Akane Banashi book two is going to be coming out um, also on the 10th. That is one of the books that I am keeping an eye out for. I'm a sucker for anything that has... Uh, Rakugo in it. Um, Rakugo is a Japanese one-man storytelling kind of format. Um, like, kind of a one-man, like, storytelling show. Um, and people, like, specialize in the stories and their their storytelling technique. Um, I loved Descending Stories Rakugo, and I'm loving Akane Banashi already, so uh, make sure to pick that up. Um, three other ones, super quick, I'm just gonna rattle it off. Um, Betwixt comes out that's going to be another horror manga uh junji ito-esque um kind of kind of creepy um it is a horror manga anthology um so if you guys want to grab some creepy manga go ahead and do that then um we have kaiju uh, kaiju number eight volume eight um if you want to see an older protagonist check that one out and last but not least we have uh, my hero academia vigilantes um, that is book 15. Uh, it's a spinoff story of what's going on in my hero. Um, gonna, gonna tell you right now, the 17th is going to be a crazy day for manga. Um, my wallet hurts just by looking at the list. Um, 
but I am making it a plan to go out on the 17th to get all the books that I'm missing on the 10th and on the 17th. So um, look forward to that on on the socials. Uh, my wallet is going to hurt, but at least I know what I'm picking up when I get there. <laughs> All right, so as we wrap up for the week, Kevin, um, give us some life advice as we are are wont to do because I have I really don't know how to end these episodes aside from that. Yeah, that's totally fine. Um, if you guys are getting bored of a certain game, feel free to move on. Um, I that that is something that we we could all attune to. Um, I know that at least for me. Like there are some games that like hold my interest and like keep my interest and I have a lot of fun with it. Um, other ones I just rotate in and out of rotation. Uh, just make sure to keep like on your toes and, and have fun with the games that you have. Um, also, Jackbox Party Pack comes out uh, on the 19th. So if you guys are looking for some fun times to go and hang out with friends and like play fun games, uh, make sure to download that. So whenever you have people over on Halloween, you can you can do that. Um, Go get your candy. Don't eat it before the kids get there. Pokemon uh, trick or trade packs are at Costco. I picked go to Costco. I got Um, some. uh, Yeah, that 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 is that is where that's where they're at. Um, Yeah. And uh, don't scout from the Van Gogh Museum. What? Oh wait the 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 Pokemon Van Gogh Museum. Uh, Did I? Oh my bad. Did I? I, you I thought we mentioned minutes before this file, this recording. Okay. Ends, Kevin. Okay. Cool. 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 I thought we mentioned it last week, but there was a Pokemon Van Gogh museum in Amsterdam. Um, the highlight of it was that there were a lot of Pokemon merch and like cool art pieces that were Pokemon themed that were done in Van Gogh style. The bad side about it is once the doors opened, the scalpers went in, bought everything, and like cleared out the entire like merch store. Um, and we're pretty much only there for, you know, getting the merch and getting out. Um, lucky for Pokemon, they they were they were really smart about it. Um, they had the initial wave of people who came in and like took what they want. Um, but essentially they just waited 20 minutes and then restocked afterwards. So they they let them rush in, grab whatever they can, but um they made sure that they had stock for everybody. Um and people like even though are fighting over it. Uh, you can you can check it out. Um, would recommend going online if you guys want to see what some of the art looks like. They have some of it posted online. Um, so go there. Uh, go ahead and check it out. Thank you guys for tuning in with us this week. Don't buy scalped merch, and uh, we will catch you next week. Adios. Next week we bring you the latest news and stories from around the internet. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us and rate us five stars on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also follow us on all social media at TwigPod, that's T-W-I-G-P-O-D. And feel free to send us any questions, comments, or any suggestions of topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week in Geek. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.